Here we are with another episode of the Grief Observed podcast. I'm your host, Brad Morrell, and I am pleased to welcome you back. Uh, this week has been extremely busy. Uh, today is my third episode this week with guests, and I've already recorded a Navigating the Holidays uh, session that I'll probably put out right after this uh, session here. So uh, even though my intentions were to have one episode per week, I've had a great response with people wanting to share their stories. Uh, right now, I try to get people in the hot seat or the spotlight, if you will, as soon as I can. Uh, the podcast door is wide open for you to be a guest on the show. Simply drop me a message here at griefobservedpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, offer a brief introduction about yourself, the person you've lost, and your experience with grief. Um, I promise I'll do my best to put you at ease and make you feel supported when you come on the show. Um, today's podcast, I have a guest who told me last night that she was making her way through all the episodes and was finding comfort as she heard others tell their grief story. Um, and that's certainly my intention for this podcast you know, as humans, we all we all need that safe space to be heard and appreciated, and I hope I can always provide that here. Um, without lingering further, I'd like to welcome Holly to today's episode. Holly, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I know this isn't an easy subject, and and your loss is relatively new. Um, why don't you first tell me a little bit about yourself, and then we'll just kind of go from there. Um, well, I, uh, I, I'm, I have, uh, two kids. I have a daughter who will be graduating high school this year. Um, I have a son who's in fifth grade. Um, I'm married. I work full time. So we, we have busy schedules. My husband works a different shift than I do. So it's, it's, it's very busy around here. Challenging um, <laughs> as a parent, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and my oldest is, uh, she's in lacrosse, so it gets really busy in the spring and then my, uh, my son's in soccer. So it's busy in the fall with us. So, oh, wow. Wow. It's your front door is probably opening and closing a thousand times a day <laughs> It, it is. <laughs> going here it and is. there. <laughs> wow. It is. Yeah. So that, you know, that in itself brings on challenge, a, a challenge with grief, just in the fact that, you know, your life doesn't stop even when a loss occurs. And that that's a big piece to kind of navigate with grief is just how, how do I manage normal life and still attend to my own personal needs? Um, so you lost your dad in uh, July of this year. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So, I want to take some time first before we get uh, to the loss of your father. And I want to take some time to honor who he was. Um, can you describe your dad for us? Oh, yeah. My dad was a very quiet man. Um, he was introverted. Uh, and until he got to know you, he talked to you. Um, he was a homebody. He absolutely loved history. Um and he loved computers. He was always on the computer. Um, my dad uh, served in Vietnam. Mm. He has um, the Distinguished Flying Cross and the Air Medal. Um, and when he came home from Vietnam, he put himself through school and he became a civil engineer. Wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's an accomplishment, you know. It is. He was a, um, he was a very humble, humble man. There's a lot of things that um, awards, recognition, recognitions um, that I didn't even know he had until his funeral. Um, mm. He never bragged about anything, never boasted about it. You know, I find that very common, especially with Vietnam vets, that many of them do not speak about their careers. And if they do, it's... I'm sure it's a very watered down version of, of what they experienced. And, uh, it doesn't surprise me that you've learned things about your father after his passing. He, he was, he, um, I know of a few things that he's experienced, um, that he would talk about. And then there are times where he'd be, uh, 
telling us about something and he would just change the subject. And I would just assume that that was something, you know, that really bothered him. And I never questioned it or, you know, asked for more information. Um, he told a little bit more to my brother-in-law and my nephew. Um, I have two older sisters. They're 17 and 15 years older than me. Um, so my nephew is only four years younger than me. He's more like my little brother. Um, and him and his father are both in the military. So my dad would talk to them more about stuff. Um, and they're both the ones that have told me things um, at the funeral that I didn't know, you know, that happened. Hmm. Um, yeah, he, he, he didn't really talk too much about it. Hmm. What kind of dad was he for you? Oh, he was a great dad. He was fun. Um, he, um, we did a lot of things outside. We would go hiking. Um, he, like I said, he loved history and we actually, um, ended up doing, um, I think we started when I was about in sixth grade, we did living history. So we would do French and Indian war reenactments. Um, I got to camp out in Fort Niagara overnight. Um, we did several other forts, uh, and it was really fun. Um, you could always depend on him if you needed something. Mm. No matter what, I could depend on him. Mm. You know, that, that says a lot about his character because there's a lot of people in this world that uh, the one guarantee is that we can't count on them. So when we find those people that we can, it's... It's really hard to let him go. Um, let me ask you, um, and, and you can describe it if you want, uh, you know, in just a little detail of maybe what happened with your dad. Yeah. Um, my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer about two years ago. Um, he went through the treatment for that. Um, and he, you know, he overcame it. Everything was good. And then fast forward to February of this year, and he was diagnosed with colon cancer. Uh, he had surgery in April to remove a section of his bowel. Um, and they let him recover. And then in June, he started chemo. Um, towards the end of June, um, he started getting really lightheaded um, and dizzy. And um, in the middle of a the beginning of July, it was July 12th, um, my mom was helping him to the restroom and he passed out. Um, had to call the squad and we got to the hospital and it turned out that he was in diabetic ketoacidosis because he was a type 2 diabetic, um, but they thought he had an infection. So they went through and they did x-rays, CAT scans, and they couldn't quite uh, figure out what was going on, where the infection was at. Um, we stayed with him for the rest of the day. Um, and then the next morning I was at work, I got a call saying that my dad's heart had stopped. Mm. Um, they did CPR and they were able to bring him back. Um, so the family, we all met at the hospital. I let his brother and his sister know they came in from out of state. Uh, they ended up doing a couple different scopes of his GI tract to find out that he had ulcers and he had been internally bleeding over time. Um, and due to him bleeding, it caused his uh, esophagus and the top part of his stomach to become ischemic and the tissue died and it was necrotic and it was causing him to become septic. Um, mm -hmm. The only way that they could fix that, obviously, would be to remove his esophagus and part of his stomach, um, but he would have no quality of life. He would never come home. He, he wouldn't have made it through the surgery, pretty much. Um, so we decided it was time to let him go. Um, they kept him comfortable until all of the family got there to say goodbye, and then they took him off of the ventilator and he passed. Mm. So one of the most, um, I don't know, unless someone's been there in those moments, it is so hard to let someone we love go and, and to watch them take that last breath. 
<laughs> Holly, tell tell me how your emotions have evolved over the last five months. Um, I have become very, very emotional over the last five months. Um, like I was telling uh, you before we started, I have a hard time talking about it. Um, and I find myself, I know there are stages of grief and there, I find myself kind of just like hit and miss on some of them, not all of them. Like there are days where I'm just angry and I don't know why I'm angry. Um, there are days that it's just overwhelming. I have a hard time getting out of bed. Um, I mean, when I first came back to work, there are people that I avoided because I didn't want them to talk to me about it because I knew I would get upset. Um, I'm getting better with that. Yeah. And I know your emotions will, it's, it is like a roller coaster for sure, you know, and um, with anger, I always talk about how that's a secondary emotion. You know, when we're angry, there's something else underneath. And I find, you know, it, it can simply be grief, but a lot of times if we dig even further, we find that, you know, I'm overwhelmed, I'm disappointed, you know, there, there's a multitude of things that it could be. And I would just, um, whenever you feel angry, kind of step back a bit and just ask yourself, what is it that I'm really feeling in this moment? And try to discover, you know, that, that extra feeling that's, that's below the surface. Um, one thing that I would recommend people look at too, if, if they can't really figure out what the emotion is that they're feeling, you can just simply Google emotion wheel. And it's like in the middle of the wheel is our primary emotions, whether we're sad, happy, angry. And then as you kind of go out to that second or third tier, that's where you start getting, uh, into other areas and, it may help you discover what you're feeling. And by knowing what you are truly feeling, you may have a better solution than just seeing the anger. I always say anger is what we see, not what we feel. It's, um, you know, the red face, the people yelling, people uh, giving us crazy hand signals going down the road. You know, um, it, it's it's what we observe or what we um produce whenever we're feeling something else. So anyway, I, I would just have you sit with that whenever you do feel angry and it's not uncommon. I, I think anger is, is probably one of the most discounted things in those five stages. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's a really hard one because we don't always know what we're truly feeling. So let me take a, take you down a different avenue here and I'm wondering if you can share like your favorite memory of your dad that kind of brings you comfort oh uh my favorite memory of my dad um one Halloween shortly after we moved into our house um my husband he works third shift and he had to work that night um my daughter was over at her dad's house so it was just my son and I uh, and I had no one to pass out Halloween candy. So I called my dad. I was like, dad, would you mind coming over and passing out candy? And he's like, no, you know, I can do that. That's fine. Um, and like I mentioned before, we used to do uh, French and Indian War reenactments. Yeah. Um, so he showed up in his full uniform <laughs> to oh, pass wow. out candy. Um, so I, um, I downloaded, um, I have Spotify on my phone and I was, uh, I looked up one of the Fife and Drum Corps bands that he had CDs for and um, I had it playing for him in the background. And uh, <laughs> so he passed out candy and he, he had a couple people ask him for pictures and he just, he was just so excited about it. And, um, and I, I had the music pretty loud with the assumption that when he went inside, he would take it in with him and he didn't, he, uh, 
he left it outside playing. <laughs> so at 8.30 night, it was just blaring fife and drum corps music. Um, but yeah, that's probably my favorite memory of him. He just, he got so excited that people wanted to take pictures with him. Mm, that's awesome. So tell me, like, are there, are there any things that you've like um, discovered or any unexpected sources of support that you found during this time period? Um, yeah, I, my one, uh, my one coworker, she's been really supportive to me at work. Um, just times when I needed to just cry on her shoulder, you know, she's been there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I've found, um, he, where the cemetery where he's buried at is only, it's only two miles from my work and it's a mile from my house. Uh, weather permitting, if it's nice, I will go and I'll eat lunch with him. Mm. Um, and one of the things that I used to do when I, uh, when I would go to their house, you know, I'd talk to him, tell him what the kids were up to this week and what happened at work this week. And I kind of just keep doing that, you know. I'll go and I'll have lunch with him and tell him, you know, hey, this is what the kids did this week. And only, you know, now I add my mom into it. Um, this is what mom did this week. And I don't know, I find that really comforting to be able to do that. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a neat thing. Um, I don't know where you live. I know it's getting colder here in Tennessee. Um, I. But I, I, I still think um, on sunny days, it, it certainly would be something that I would do with a, with a loved one as well. And it's amazing just uh, how peaceful I think it is um, in a cemetery. It's, you know, even with a, a roadway nearby, sometimes it is just very quiet and very, I don't know, you, you just get in the moment. So... I don't know how the graveyard is where he's at, but, um, yeah, it's very peaceful. It's, um, it's a small one that's off of a, a main road, but he's in the new section in the back and you can't see the road at all from it. Um, and he's just a few, uh, spots from the tree line, the woods, which he would have loved. He loved being in the woods. And, mm. uh, I remember when we, I took my mom to go and, uh, pick out, his plot for him and I remember asking uh the one gentleman do you, I bet you get a lot of deer back here animals and he's like yes ma'am we get a lot of deer back here because they, they eat the flowers uh flower arrangements off of the the fresh graves and stuff um and he was not joking there are a lot of deer in there we'll go up there sometimes near dusk and there will be standing around him just eating so occasionally we'll bring some carrots or apples up there with us and we'll we'll put them around my dad because i know my dad would have loved to have them that close uh yeah i feed the deer here at my house all the time i i truly love them and um i don't know i they're just fun to have around but they can be destructive my wife hates it because they eat our flowers so <laughs> it is what it is though but um um have you found any resources such as books or any audio besides this podcast that, um, that you would recommend to others? Um, I, as far as the grieving process, no, I haven't. Um, but I, you mentioned in one of your earlier episodes of a book, I believe it's called I'm dead. Now what, where everybody can write down their last wishes accounts, all of that. Um, yes, I am buying one for just about everybody in my family. Um, I'm so glad that you had that on there. I didn't know anything like that existed. Um, my parents were married for f almost 42 years. Um, my mom is 75. Um, my dad was 76 when he passed and they had like a pretty traditional marriage where my dad worked, my dad did the yard work and he paid all the bills. He paid all the bills online. Um, my mom is not very tech savvy. She doesn't know how to get on the computer or the internet or anything. Um, so with me 
being the closest out of the three girls that live to her or live by her, um, a lot of it has fallen on me to take care of, um, like his, um, financial accounts and things like that. Um, and to this day, I mean, I'm still finding life insurance policies or bank accounts or credit cards that I didn't know that he had before, um, and going through and trying to get all that canceled. And I wish, I wish so bad that I would have sat down with, with him beforehand. Um, and you know try to dad I don't want to be morbid but I really need to know like what you have in the event that something happens I can take care of it you know um so when you mentioned that book on one of your episodes I got on Amazon and I'm I'm buying one for my mom I'm buying one for each of my sisters I'm buying one for myself for my husband um because I don't want to have to go through that again <laughs> um, yeah yeah and I'll put that in the show description again on this episode as well And, uh, I think it's an absolute, um, it, it's one of the best gifts. And like you stated, it, it seems morbid, but you know, the one thing that we can count on, or there really, there's two things we can count on. Number one is we all will pass away. And number two is someone will be grieving our loss. And I don't want to leave anything behind that would kind of, um, bring on more stress for anyone in my life. And this book is amazing. Um, it, it's, it's more of like a, it's not a journal, but it's a great place to write things down, whether it's, Hey, this is what we do with the family dog, or, Hey, I want you, you to contact these people to be at my funeral or, Hey, this is, Um, you, you need to cancel my Netflix account or, you know, whatever it is, it's a great place to put all that down. And, uh, I think it's probably one of the best gifts that you can give not only to a person, but it's a great gift that you can receive from someone when they pass. So I'm, I'm glad that you're, uh, getting that and, and find, you know, that it is important enough to, to give it to others. It's great. Yeah, I'm I'm so so very happy that you put that on there because I I feel like it'll relieve a lot of things in the future. Um, just stuff that I'm going through with my mom right now, trying to figure things out, what we're supposed to do with things, and um, it it's it's been rough. <laughs> Yeah. You know, one of the questions I ask of a lot of my guests and, and I'll throw it out there to you and it's, it's a hard one. And, um, like how has your perspective on life changed since your dad's passing? Um, to, I've, I've learned to not take things for granted. Um, because we knew my dad was sick, but we really didn't think that it, he was going to pass this year, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, just every chance that you get to spend with someone, be thankful for it. Um, I was telling you, I took my daughter for her driving test this afternoon. And we spent all morning just driving around and practicing maneuverability. Um, you know, it was a real blessing just to spend time with her. Yeah. Did that trigger any memories of maybe your father helping you drive in Oh, in your early yes. years? <laughs> yes, it did. It did. Um, Cause I, I would joke with her, like I, I have a, I have a Chevy cruise and I would keep telling her when I learned how to drive, my parents had two minivans. Um, <laughs> so uh, I don't know if they do maneuverability in Tennessee, um, but it's part of the driving exam up here in Ohio. And you, you basically, you have to pull forward. It kind of simulates a uh, parallel parking. Um, If you and saw I, people drive in Tennessee, you'd think we don't even go to driving school. <laughs> So. and you know I would joke about I I did kind of learn how to do that in the minivan and by the grace of God I was able to borrow my friend's car for my driving test so I didn't have to take that but yeah he he went with me a lot to go driving um it did it brought back a lot of memories Hmm. <laughs> 
So you just use the expression by the grace of God. And I'm curious, I, I know a lot of people, you know, just state that, but do you have any type of belief or any, any, um, anything that you cling to during this time? Oh, yes. Um, I'm a Christian, Mm -hmm. you know, Jesus Christ is my savior and, um, Amen. I've leaned on him a lot this year, a lot. Yeah, I I can't think of a better place to lean on, you know, and um I always throw out to believers, uh, I don't I'm I don't know if you've seen it, read it um recently, but I always recommend 1 Thessalonians 4:13 through 18. And you know, it speaks about how we will again meet up with other believers. And, uh, you know, that's the one piece of comfort that I have in my beliefs. And, and I recognize not everybody is a believer, but, uh, you know, speaking to the Christians out there, that is, there is no other thing to lean on during this because it's, it's hard to, you know, I'll, I'll just quote another Bible verse, you know, don't lean on your own understanding. And this is one of those things um, that we have to go to God with just for any measure of understanding. So I, I'm glad that you do have faith. And um, was your dad a believer as well? He was. Um, my I... I grew up in a, well, my mom and I were Protestant. I grew up in church. My dad mm -hmm. grew up Catholic. Mm -hmm. um, he didn't come to church with us. And, you know, for a very long time in my life, I had that concern that he wasn't saved. I wasn't sure. I never had that conversation with him. And um, I know my mom has multiple, multiple times in when we were in the hospital with him, um, when we were just waiting for family to get there, um, she was talking with me and she said that she had talked to him and, you know, um, he had told her, he, he told her a testimony about when he was in Vietnam. Um, at one point they were in a battle and there was lots of gunfire ahead of them, behind them, all around them. Um, and he had cried out to God um, to have mercy on them and save them. And mm. he told my mom that he audibly heard God speak to him in his ear and he knew he was real. Um, wow. and it, it's one of those things I didn't find out <laughs> until after he passed. Um, yeah, that's, that's very special. You know, there's, there's times where I feel like God is telling me something, you know, and, um, and I know without a shadow of a doubt, it is him. It's rare, um, but it has happened. But I've never heard anything audibly, but I never discount anyone that says that they have. And that, wow, I can't imagine um, a more special time to hear the voice of God than in the heat of a battle. That That is amazing. Yeah, and uh, he assured my mom that he, uh, you know, he's made peace with God and everything and you know, I wasn't there for that conversation with my mom. So like, I have so many more questions as to what, you know, what do you mean by you made your peace dad? Or did you accept Christ as your savior? Did you do something else? Um, mm. you know, and I, as part, a small part of me had that worry when he was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, and we had the chaplain come in and was talking to us for a little bit. And, you know, we were just telling him like memories of, or, I'm sorry, her memories of our dad and, and everything. And I got up and excused myself to go to the bathroom and I got down on the bathroom floor of the hospital and I just asked God to please let me know that he's going to be okay when he passes, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not certain. <laughs> And when I came back to the hospital room, um, she looked at me and she said, your dad is going to be so happy when he meets Jesus. Mm. And I just took that as God telling me everything's going to be okay. He's going to be fine. Yeah. And I, I think we, we have to lean into some of that, you know, it's, um, 
there's just many times in life that I've looked for signs and sometimes those signs are absolutely um, overt and then sometimes they're covert. And I don't know, I, I recall a time where I was kind of doubting my salvation. I, I grew up in a very legalistic church and I remember, um, ironically, I was headed to the VA hospital. I'm a veteran as well. I was heading to our VA hospital just for a, a checkup, and I got on the interstate, and I'm like, all right, God, if I am truly saved, I want you to show me a sign of heaven sometime before the end of the day. And I'm telling you, like 10 miles up the road, I literally look over to my left, and there is this sign that says, heaven or hell, and then it gave the verse uh, John 3.36, and I'm like, okay, I know John 3.16, what does John 3.36 state? And it basically states, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. And I'm like, okay, so not only did I see a sign of heaven, literally, um, it was actually addressing the main concern that I was asking asking God about, and that was about my salvation. It's like, okay, yes, I believe in the Son, so I have eternal life. It was just one of those amazing moments. But I always tell people, too, that sometimes those signs don't come, you know, and but does it mean that it doesn't happen? No, or, or that whatever we're, uh, you know, fleecing God with, that, um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's okay to ask for signs and, and it sounds like that you did get an answer to yours. I, um, I feel like I got an even better, um, confirmation like a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. there's lots of times when I'm praying and I'll just be like, can you please just tell my dad I said hi mm. and I love him and I miss him. And the one morning, <laughs> I was praying before I got up about something completely different that didn't even have to do with my dad. Um, and I got this vision in my mind of like, um, it was real quick. It was just like, a I don't know, an airport terminal, a bus terminal, some kind of terminal. Mm -hmm. And across from me on the other side was my dad. He sat down and he was younger than what he was when he passed, but he just was the picture of health he was just beaming and glowing and looked so happy and healthy and he had the biggest smile on his face and he waved at me and I mm. kind of just waved back and said hi dad and then just like that it was gone mm. so I, I feel I feel again that was just God's way of saying he's happy he's he's home you know yeah he's good so you said that was kind of a, a vision that you had? Yeah. Okay. Um, just like in my mind, I was just, yeah. I was sitting yeah. on my bed before I got out of bed for the morning and I was just praying, you mm. know, had my head bowed and everything. And I just kind of flashed in my mind that way. That's pretty special. And, and I just overwhelming peace when I saw that, like, there's a lot of times, um, where it kind of something just triggers a memory and it hits you and you get really upset. And um, I like to think of that, that picture of him waving at me. Yeah. You know, one other thing I, I generally ask people is if you've had what I consider a confirmation or a visitation in a dream, have you had any dreams about your dad since he passed? I haven't had, um, actually funny you asked that that was one of the first things that I prayed about when he did pass is I didn't want to dream of him because I knew it would upset me mm -hmm. um, and it was a few weeks after he passed um I did have a dream that I was visiting him at the cemetery um and and what he wasn't in it but there was a deer that came over and kind of just like laid down next to where I was where I could like pet it and I don't, I don't know if maybe that's God's way of like, Hey, you know, your dad, but it's not your dad. So it won't upset you, but you know, everything's good. Cause I, I told you about the deer we see in there all the time. Yeah, and he would have yeah. absolutely loved that. Um, 
and you know that was comforting because I, I felt again like it was like he's okay but like I said I've been praying that I, I didn't want to dream about him because I know it would upset me greatly if I saw him Do you think you feel differently about that now? Like, would you, I, I know it would be difficult when you wake up knowing that, yeah, dad is gone, but would you want to see him in your dreams at this point? Oh, absolutely. I, I 100% would change that. I would love to see him in my dreams. I would love to just, just talk to him, say hi, say hi to him like I did that one time. Absolutely. I would love to see him. Hmm. I'm telling you, Holly, like I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm an empath by nature, but I, I really have a good way of, um, I guess separating that in counseling, but, uh, you know, I, I know this isn't counseling. This is a podcast, but I'm telling you, you're, you're really tugging at my heartstrings. Um, I have one daughter and I just hope that, uh, that she gives some kind of, I don't know, just this same type of testimony that you're given, you know, towards me one day that you're given towards your father. And, and it's just, you're really speaking to the nature of his kindness and, and what a loss this truly is in your life. He must've been an amazing man. He really was. He was an awesome dad. I have a lot of great memories with him. And I really do miss him a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I obviously I am a therapist by my day job. Um, I'm curious, have you have you sought out any type of support like that through therapy, or is it a consideration that you're having? Um, I haven't yet. Um, mm-hmm. I I'm I'm very strongly considering it. Um I know there's a couple ladies at our church that have approached my mom about going through it. And then I've also um I there's a church that I passed on my way home from my parents' house um that has a had a sign up with information on a grief share. Mm, and I've yeah. considered doing it. Um I feel like it would definitely benefit me. Um Yeah, I'll put in um the grief share website in the show notes as well. But one other resource I want to give everyone is psychologytoday.com. If you go there and um, I, I don't suggest putting in your zip code because generally what happens is it, it really narrows down the search. But if you put in your city, um, it kind of changes and, and actually looks at other cities kind of close by. But uh, once you're in there, you'll find therapists in your area. It's almost like taking a therapist for a test drive. You can read a little bit about their profile. It shows their picture. Um, you can start filtering by insurance or, you know, if there's self-pay options. Um, it's it's just a really good resource to find therapists in your area. And, of course, if you do have insurance, always call your provider and um, they'll give you a list of resources in your area. But, you know, obviously I'm a big advocate for counseling and I feel like it's important for people to be able to explore their feelings and emotions, um, sometimes outside of their, um, their own network, whether it's family or friends and, uh, just explore that with someone who is unbiased and yet, you know, an ear to, uh, bend uh, a shoulder to cry on. And, uh, I don't know. I hope, I hope that you do seek that out. Cause it's, it is, uh, very therapeutic for many. Have you run into anybody that say that, um, I, I would state is, is well-meaning, but maybe they're the way they came across didn't quite land properly. You know, people trying to comfort you, but yet, um, maybe you, you weren't in a place to hear what they had to say, or maybe they said the wrong thing, um, trying to comfort you. Have you dealt with that? Um, no, I really haven't. Um, I, Good. Good. I honestly, I haven't, um, I've, I've had, uh, you know, a family friends, they've all been really supportive 
Um, I think I feel like the most supportive, perhaps, um, my dad, like I said, he was an introvert. Um, he did have a very, very close knit group of friends growing up. Uh, they called themselves the gang. Um, <laughs> and, uh, one of the, one of the gentlemen that he was friends with, he's been friends with, I think since kindergarten. Um, and then, you know, there's been few added as they grew older and stuff. Um, and, Uh, almost all of them came to his funeral and they were just they were so fun to talk to so supportive um of not just me but my mom as well um they all went together and had a case made for his flag um they spoke at his funeral um and we were telling all kinds of stories of when they were growing up um stuff that my dad would do I was like, yeah, it sounds like dad. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I haven't, I haven't run into anybody who's, who's said something that um, may have run me the wrong way or anything Okay. like that. Yeah, I, I speak about that from time to time because I think um, people say things hoping to help, and sometimes it doesn't always help. And I don't think it's anything that it's that's done intentionally. Um, so it's good that you you've got a good network, and it sounds like everybody's been very helpful in your life, and I'm I'm sure that helps through this grieving process. Um. You know, you talked about lunch with your dad and and things like that, but are there other ways that uh, maybe self-care has played into this grieving process, like getting your nails done, getting a massage, going for a walk? Like, what are some things that you do that um, have helped through this time? Um, yeah, I've gone through for a lot of walks, um, some with my husband, some just by myself. Um, I haven't really done a lot of self-care to get myself through this. Uh, I find myself kind of just making my schedule busy when it, when it's not busy. Um, you know, we're kind of in the down Uh, downtime for sport in between sports and stuff right now and it's I kind of find myself just oh we're gonna go here this weekend oh we're gonna do this this weekend you know um I guess that's how I've been dealing with it the most I was just trying to keep myself really busy um Yeah. Are there aspects of your dad's personality or maybe his wisdom that uh, he's passed down that, that you find kind of guiding you now? Yeah, um, he, he was, like I said, he was a very humble man. He was very generous. Um, he donated to lots of different charities and, and things that again, didn't find out till after he passed. Um, but, uh, you know, that's kind of encouraged me to be more generous too. Um, he was very, big on being uh having education that that was one of his models or mottos um study hard and become educated um he'd always tell my daughter that and um he i don't know he he was an avid reader and i found myself reading more books my daughter um she took a stack of his books too and she's reading them Um, Well, Holly, tell me, um, I, I, I know we're getting close to time here, but uh, I want to give you just this moment to say anything else that you would like to about your dad, about the grieving process, you know, about things that you would tell others, just anything that you want to uh, finish us, finish us out here with. um, I would tell people that it it's it really does come in waves. Um some days those waves are like tsunamis. Some days those waves will just gentle ripples. Um you'd be surprised at the things that can just trigger it. Um but you know, you just lean on God and you'll get through it.
um, don't take time with people for granted. Um, take lots of pictures, videos, talk to them when you can. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's all really good advice. And uh, Holly, I, I know it's been kind of a difficult conversation for you. I mean, you you've uh, you've definitely spoken well of your father, and and I do wish the best for you. I and I do hope that you uh, reach out to other resources and and just try to find comfort. I know the uh, holiday season is is tough for a lot of people facing loss. And, um, but I, I think you did amazingly well on this podcast and just letting us know what, what a great guy, uh, your father was. So I appreciate you being on here and, and just sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, again, I'll have everything that we mentioned in the show notes and, uh, I appreciate you all being with us here to hear Holly's amazing story and uh, I hope that you are blessed by her and, and her words and uh, I just pray that uh, everyone will will find comfort during this time of the year I know it's very difficult but uh, hang in there and and we will be back with you on the next episode here at grief observed podcast thanks thanks a lot for being here